Due to the state of society right now, rather than joke about Butterfingers or shower etiquette or something like that, we feel like the only appropriate way to start this episode of the podcast is by paying respect to the brave citizens of this country who are risking themselves right now in cities across the country protesting against racial injustice, the murder of George Floyd, and systematic abuses of power by those who wield it. We as a society have to change to evolve, and that's what we're seeing with these protests across the world. We can't afford to wait for change to happen unless we do something about it today. We stand with you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 72 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover. As always, I'm joined by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are going to be joined by Pat James, the host of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. We're going to discuss a recent best ball draft that all three of us participated in. We're going to ask Pat a few questions about best ball theory and then break down the three teams that we all ended up with. But before we do any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? As always, you can support the DFS Dose by subscribing or following us on every major podcast platform, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podcast Attic. If you would like, you can leave a rating and a review, and remember, five stars only. And then you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS Dose as well to keep up to date with the latest news, clips, and takes from the DFS Dose. Do it. Smash that subscribe button, and without any further ado, let's get Pat on the show. All right, everybody, the time is now. If you are somebody who is out there drafting best ball teams or somebody who frequents DFS Twitter, our guest is somebody that you are probably familiar with, a man who writes for 4 for 4, the host of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, Pat James. Pat, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good, Ben and Joe. Thanks for having me. Uh, when you hit me up in the DMs, uh, I had already seen you guys a lot in the uh, best ball streets and the lobbies of all the different platforms. So I was glad to uh, get in a draft with you and, and hop on the show and take a look at them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so just for our listeners who are unfamiliar with you, how long have you been playing best ball and roughly how many leagues per year uh, do you participate in? Yeah, when when um, you sent me the show notes, I actually had to think, and I really wasn't even sure because I knew I started on MFL tens. We and, all did. <laughs> yeah, right. And the the thing with that is, you can only go back to to, to twenty fifteen uh, in in like their dashboard, at least I think. So I had to. What I did was I Twitter searched my Twitter handle and the word best ball and the word MFL tens to see like when the first time I I ever tweeted about it or talked about it was. And it was um, May of 2013. So that's wow. when I, I think that was the ground floor, to be honest. I think they had just started, um, they had just started MFL 10s at that point. So, uh, and I was like a novice, didn't really know the intricacies of it and everything. Um, but that year I played in three, I believe. I remember tweeting my fantasy league that I played in, in three best balls that year. Uh, but obviously I've, I've, I've grown to play into about, you know, 20 to 30 and this year, I'm probably going to play in a lot more because I'm already up to 12, 15. And that, that's basically because there's no NBA or PGA DFS occupying my time right now. So 
Um, yeah, so I think I'll probably hit about 40 or 50 this year. Yeah, that, that's so. Uh, do you have a, do you have a preference in terms of the site that you use? I know that we did this draft. This was a fifty dollar Yahoo draft with ten teams that we're about to talk about. But um, did do you have a preference with any of the other sites that you think stand out above the others right now? Um, to be honest, I really don't. I I do like drafters. I really liked draft last year, and I loved MFL tens before they gave it away. But um, I really don't have a preference. Drafters would probably be the one as long as the issue right now is that the lobbies are kind of not filling as fast as you would like them to be. I know, you know, MFL 10s and and draft best balls were filling like the second that you entered them. And now a lot of these websites, I don't know if just the interest is down because of COVID or whatnot, but um, basically it's wherever they fill the fastest is where I like to play right now. That's fair. So I have a theory and I talk to any guests that we have uh, on the subject of best ball about this. You know, how do you feel about the correlation between DFS and best ball? You know, do you think that a veteran DFS player, somebody who's very familiar with all of the cornerstone theories of DFS, such as, you know, understanding ownership, understanding, you know, stacking, altering the strategy of the roster based on the payout structure. Do you feel like these core concepts that every DFS player is very familiar with are, you know, important to best ball? Do they give, you know, the average player an edge of, or somebody who, you know, maybe they just dabble in redraft and they're trying best ball for the first time. You know, how do you feel about the correlation between those two uh, formats? Yeah, I absolutely think that there is, is a bit of an edge, not, not only in, in the, like the nuances of ownership and stacking and those things, but just the fact that I would presume that veteran DFS players have uh, are, are a little bit more in tune with their bankroll and are a little bit more serious with uh, where their bankroll is and the amount of time and effort they put into uh, the research and, and things like that with their bankroll rather than someone who's just, you know, hears about it on Twitter or a friend says, hey, hit my referral link for Fanball and, and hop in a couple of these 10 best ball tens with me but then like on on a more uh, intricate level definitely I mean if I think but I think each of the things that you just said uh, that you just mentioned are those edges can appear a little bit more in different contests like I think something like ownership would definitely come into play in in a championship format where there's thousands Mm -hmm. of entries vying for first place and you are trying to you know hit the nuts and you're varying your exposure and making sure that you have exposure to to all or at least your favorite players and you know mixing them in on the same teams just so that you can you know you can hit that one solid team but then like things like stacking I think that is an edge in in just if you're playing in one or two leagues if you know enough to stack which unfortunately I, I wasn't able to in this draft and we'll hear about that coming up but yeah that's something that I think DFS veterans definitely have an advantage um in the best ball market Absolutely. And then our final question, and then we will get into the three teams that we all left the draft with, break each one down individually, the strengths, the weaknesses. But my final question, Pat, just sort of on the theory basis is, you know, are you making any major adjustments to your draft strategy when you're drafting a 10-team league like we did on Yahoo versus a 12-team league, which I think is sort of the standard, you know, league format across best ball 10s, drafters, etc.? Yeah, I'll weight the onesie positions a little more in the in the 10 team leagues just because the opportunity cost is a little less, right? So if you 
Um, if you're in a 12-team league and you aren't crushing those running backs and wide receivers early, you are probably going to be at a, a pretty big disadvantage. However, if you reach for or um, you know take a stab at a George Kittle or a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes early in a 10-team league, as you uh, fill out your roster in those later rounds, some of those guys that you are you know still targeting in a 12-team league fall to you in the sixth, seventh round. And the opportunity cost of taking a quarterback or tight end is a bit mitigated in those teams with uh, in those leagues with fewer teams. That that's a fair point. And without any more messing around, let's get right into the team starting off uh, with Pat's team here. Joey, I haven't heard your voice very much. You know, what's your initial reaction to Pat's team? Yeah, so I like Pat's team. I really do. Um, I was surprised. During the draft, when he he went three wide receivers in a row, um, you went Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill, and then I'm not too sure about your third round pick because that's one of like the faults with Yahoo's. You can't go back and see where players were drafted. Um, so I, I just was it Juju? It was Juju. Juju yeah. yeah. So you went three wide receivers, which I thought was interesting. I think running back is uh, the weakness of this team with Todd Gurley and Mark Ingram as your top two. Um, I actually do like Todd Gurley for fantasy this year, uh, redraft and best ball. Uh, personally, I'm not too high on Mark Ingram or Darius Geis. I do like James White. But other than that, I think I think it's a solid roster, um, and I think you have the best wide receivers out of any team, including mine. Yeah, and, I, and I'll just read off the full team for the listeners. Uh, in terms of quarterbacks, he went two quarterbacks with Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford. Wide receivers, the clear strength of this team. Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, we have Anthony Miller, Preston Williams, and Paris Campbell. And then at running back, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt, which I absolutely love that pick. James White, Latavius Murray. And then finally, uh, tight end, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, and Jack Doyle. All in all, it, uh, in terms of construction, it was a 2QB, 7 wide receiver, 6 running back, and 3 tight end roster construction with 2 defenses, of course. Uh, that is you know, something that Yahoo believes in still is the defenses. But Pat, you know, talk to me about this roster construction uh, and this positional allocation. Do you feel good about the way that this roster turned out? Yeah, I do. And I'm not normally a a wide receiver, heavy, mm-hmm. zero RB-ish type guy. And in fact, I, I always try to come out of a draft with uh, at least two running backs in the first three rounds. Um, but it, it just so happened that, you know, that's the way the draft fell to me. Probably pick seven is my least favorite, and that's where I was in this draft, is my least favorite of, of any, no matter what uh, the, the the league size is, just because I think there's a pretty big drop-off from six to seven. But with Michael Thomas sitting there, I had to take him. And then on the comeback, I was looking for a running back, but you know the, the explosiveness of Tyreek Hill... I just couldn't ignore it. And then I love Juju Smith-Schuster this year. Um, I've been He's probably going to be my most owned receiver in best ball. Uh, so I had to snag him up at three. And to be honest, you know, I'm usually I am absolutely appalled at the running backs that I end up with in those middle rounds. But I really think that Todd Gurley, as long as, and really Atlanta owes him nothing. So I think they're going to, you know, use him 
pretty heavily. There's really nobody behind him. Um, you know, the offense really is only boasting Julio and Calvin uh, Ridley right now. So I think uh, Todd Gurley is is someone that is a pretty pretty much a steal in round three or wherever he's going, depending on your league size. Mark Ingram, I can't see them just handing over the keys to J.K. Dobbins, so I think that he's going to have splash games like he did last year. Um, Geis, uh, J.J. Zacharyson uh, wrote a really good article on the types of backs to target if you go uh, zero RB and Geis fits the mold. He's in a muddled backfield. You don't really know who the starter is. And if he plays, the, the, the issue with him is injury, right? We don't, we're not 100% sure. If he plays, he's probably going to be a pretty solid uh, pick. If he plays 16 games is what I'm trying to get out there. And then James White, obviously, he's probably going to have his games where he catches eight or 10 balls. And then, like you said, Kareem Hunt, I think he is going to, um, you know, work his way into a 50-50 split with Nick Chubb, especially his pass-catching prowess. So I really wasn't too, um, you know, too unhappy with the way the running backs turned out on that team for sure. Joey, how do you feel about Kareem Hunt? You know, I've made it a point on a recent video I did for drafters uh, where I interviewed Peter Overzet and we talked about running backs. Um, you know, I made it a point to get my love out there into the ether about how much I love Kareem Hunt, you know, how I think that not only is he going to be getting work on a week to week basis, but if for some reason the guy in front of him, Nick Chubb goes down, he's instantly what a top three, a top four running back immediately. Uh, how do you feel about Kareem Hunt, Joey? I mean, I love Kareem Hunt. I drafted him in the $20 best ball draft that Ben and I did a couple of days before this one. Um, and I, I agree with James. I think he could definitely work his way into a 50-50 split. I mean, Yahoo is half PPR, which kind of hurts because I think they're going to use him more so as a receiving back to start out. But uh, but I, I love Kareem Hunt. And um, I think he's a steal at his current ADP. I, I think with him and Nick Chubb, it's just one of the best backfields in the NFL. And he's, he's a great pick all around. And he's obviously very talented. And he's in a good situation. So I, li- I like Kareem Hunt. That's fair. Joey also uh, took a stand on a different Washington running back. That's a tease <laughs> for a little while. We'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, Pat, uh, when we were talking at the top of the show, you man- uh, mentioned that you weren't able to get the stack for this team. You know, did you consider reaching on a quarterback ahead of Dak? To- I mean, I guess there's nobody in that range. You know, Mahomes had already gone. Um, you could have, I suppose, waited for Drew Brees if you wanted, but, uh, I mean, was Dak just the value too high for you at that point? Yeah. So as I mentioned, the, the onesie positions are kind of where you need to win these leagues that have shorter, uh, you know, shorter teams, shorter running back and wide receiver started each week. So I feel like Dak can, has a shot to be the QB one overall this year over Mahomes, over Lamar especially with all the weapons they added, uh, as long as they get them signed. So that's why I pulled the trigger there. And obviously in round seven, you kind of already have to have uh, Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup, et cetera, locked up. Um, and so basically, I just I took Dak basically knowing that I wasn't going to be able to stack him um, because his pass catchers had pretty much gone off the board already. Uh, but I just thought that that was, he was too good of a value to pass up there. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One of my favorite picks on your team specifically was Preston Williams. And this is something that Joey and I have, you know, disagreed with slightly uh, in our past episodes is that, you know, I just feel like the value between Devontae Parker, who Joey, I believe, took in the sixth or seventh round, I'm not totally sure, uh, versus Preston Williams, who's going incredibly late, is just, it's insane. It's one of the biggest, you know, gaps in expected production versus ADP, I think, out there, especially when you consider that before Preston went down last year, their stats were nearly identical. So, I mean, talk about Preston Williams and, and how you feel about him. Yeah, you said it. Um, they are, their targets, their stats were, were nearly identical, and Devante really didn't have those massive blow-up games until Preston Williams was, was off the field. Um, I believe... Uh, I can't. I have a little bit of a bias towards Preston Williams. I believe he was in, he was in my lineup um, that I qualified for the King of the Beach this year. So anybody that was in that lineup, uh, <laughs> I kind of have a, a soft spot for going forward. Um, so that may be why I pulled the trigger there. Like you said, the, the ADP on on Parker. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that Parker clearly will probably end up with more fantasy points than Preston Williams. However. Uh, the gap in ADP is is just too good to ignore Preston Williams uh, from where he's going. Joey, do you have anything else on Pat's team before we move on? No, I, th- I think we covered all bases, but I will say, you know, going back to the DAC talk, he did snipe me in that specific <laughs> round because I know we're going to discuss my team, but I do have Amari Cooper. So I was looking to complete that stack until, you know, he drafted him a couple picks ahead of me. So I was kind of tilted about that, but... All in all, good team. And speaking of your team, Joey, I will read it off for the people out there, and then we will talk about it. Starting off with quarterback, you ended up uh, with two quarterbacks here, Jared Goff and Phillip Rivers. At wide receiver, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Devontae Parker, really strong top four there. And then you followed it up with Marquise Brown, Darius, a.k.a. Godius Slayton, Julian Edelman, and Jamison Crowder, extremely late. In terms of running back, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Matt Breida, Carrion Johnson, and Adrian Peterson. Very bold there uh, of you to go with AP. And then at tight end, Austin Hooper, Gerald Everett, and Blake Jarwin. Overall, the construction for this team, two quarterbacks, eight wide receivers, five running backs, three tight ends. Uh, Why don't we start off with Adrian Peterson? Why do you feel so strongly about him? You know, he, he's just the GOAT. Now, nah, um, Adrian Peterson was my only auto pick of this draft. As Pat mentioned, the draft clock is 30 seconds on Yahoo, which be, which is good because, like he said, you know, it keeps people on their feet. But when you don't know who to pick in a certain situation and the time's running down and the pressure's on, I just, I just didn't pick. It auto-picked Adrian Peterson for me. You know, maybe he can get lucky again and – be the starter for you know five or six games here and there but all in all uh not not too happy with that pick um especially as my rb5 yeah and i know that was an auto pick hence why i set it up that way let's talk about the real uh the real things to do with this team starting off with your one two turn joey had the 10th pick so uh that was the final pick in the 10 team league and at your one two turn you went Kenyon drake and miles sanders in my opinion, uh, and I know I'm above consensus on both of those guys, but that's about as good of a start to a draft as I think you can get. I mean, were you comfortable with that? And then 
follow up. How did you feel about uh, your running back core as a whole? Yeah, so I was very, very happy to get Kenyon Drake at 10 and Miles Sanders at 11. Um, I know in some drafts they've been going early in the first round, and it helped that somebody in our draft took Patrick Mahomes at 108, which was very questionable. So that definitely helped them fall to me. I'm obviously very, very happy. I'm very high on Miles Sanders this year. I've tweeted about him a couple of times saying that, you know, he's a first rounder in my book for me. So to get him at 2.1 was uh, really good. And I'm really high on Kenyon Drake as well. And then overall, I mean, I like my running back core because of them. But Matt Breda, Carrion Johnson, and then Adrian Peterson, like that's just very, very clear that I have a lack of depth at the running back position on this team. Uh, Matt Breda could definitely win the starting job over Jordan Howard for the Dolphins, but he also has been, you know, very injury prone in his career so far. So who knows with him? And then Carrion Johnson is obviously competing with DeAndre Swift, who the Lions drafted in the second round and is expected to, you know, carry at least over 50% of the touches. So that that's a tough pick for Carrion Johnson, but I couldn't pass him up. I think I got him in the 11th or 12th round, Carrion Johnson. So. I was willing to take the value with him, but all in all, I think my running backs are all right. I'm not too high on them, but I, I think they'll suffice with this team and my depth at wide receiver. Pat, how do you feel about uh, Joey's team here? Yeah, I I, I like it. Um, the wide receivers are ridiculous. I think I disagree that he thinks mine are the best. I might have the best. I might be top heavy the best, but um, from from top to bottom, I think I like his more um Adam Thielen very high on Adam Thielen this year Cooper Cup's not getting the love that he deserves at least from the fantasy industry you know he's high up there in in the ADP of most best ball sites right now but he's going to drop this summer I guarantee it because the narrative around Cooper Cup is that the Rams play 12 personnel meaning there's two tight ends on the field and only two receivers and I don't know why people think that that means Cooper Cup's not going to be on the field uh, because I think, you know, with Cook's gone, I don't think they're going to be trotting out Van Jefferson or, you know, Josh Reynolds more than Cooper Cup. They did for one game against the Bears last year. You know, Cup's, t- Cup's snap share did come down a little bit uh, towards the end of 2019. But that was, you know, that was then. And now I think he's just, he's not going to be off the field like he was at the end of 2019 there. I like, I mean, Marquise Brown, Darius Slayton, all guys that have that boomer bust best ball potential you're easily going to get four of these guys over 15 points um every week so that is that's pretty big he's right that the there's a little bit of a lack of depth that at running back i am personally high on drake and sanders they are two backs that you know we don't really know a ton about at this point um you know we saw drake in miami kind of flounder a little bit then flourish when he got to arizona but Chase Edmonds, Eno Benjamin. I'm not, I don't think Drake is going to like seed a ton of carries to those guys. Um, but, you know, with the air raid offense, et cetera, there, there are a few questions around Drake and then obviously Sanders, all the talk that they might be bringing in somebody else. Who knows? Best case scenario is, you know, Drake and Sanders could finish top five backs this year. And if that's the case, this team will be in the money for sure. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, uh, especially the Cooper Cup point. I think that people are forgetting that, you know, he was the wide receiver two in points per game, I think, over the first eight weeks of the season, you know, right behind Michael Thomas for a long stretch. He was very dominant um, and then, yeah, fell off 
a little bit towards the end, but I think that that is going to create a really strong buying opportunity for him in the offseason, especially in these best ball drafts. And yeah, Joey's wide receivers are nuts. Um, you know, Pat, you might not know this, but it's just, it hurts my heart because Joey is just spite drafting Darius Slayton in every draft that we're in. You know, mm-hmm. I put him onto Darius late last season when he was a monster play on DraftKings. You know, I got laughed off of this very podcast, you know, trying to help my friend out, putting him onto a great play. And now all of a sudden, Joey just thinks it's funny to uh, to take my guy in every single draft. Joey, do you want to speak to this? <laughs> oh, Ben, you're, you're so funny. Let, let's provide some context to the listeners and Pat. So I drafted Darius Slayton in both dynasty leagues that Ben and I are in. Drafted him in the rookie draft of last year. Had him on both teams. Had him on my team for the entire you know, off season and the entire regular season. And then Ben plays him one time in DraftKings and thinks he he's has the rights to <laughs> saying that he found Darius Slayton or, or whatnot. So I just make it a point to not let Ben draft him. So I drafted him in this league, I think in the 10th round uh, at the ter- at the 10, 11 turnaround. And then I drafted him in another best ball league that we did as well. So yeah, I just make it a point. It's just like a personal friendship type thing where, I'm not letting Ben draft Darius Slayton in any draft that we're in together. So, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, and we're, fr- we're, f- we're less and less friends every time you do it. But, um, you know, going back to the theory of this team, you know, unlike Pat, you did manage to get your stack off on this team with Jared Goff to Cooper Cup, like we discussed. You also went Everett as your tight end three. You know, was that specifically because you had Goff and you wanted to sort of get that double stack, or was he just the top guy uh, left for you there at the end of the draft? Yeah, he definitely wasn't the top guy uh, left for me at round 20. I mean, it, it is round 20, so you're just taking a shot, but I definitely picked him only because I had Goff and Cup to complete, you know, this Ram stack in. Like we've been talking about, like people just aren't high on the Rams this year uh, for some reason. Uh, Jared Goff is being severely underdrafted, in my opinion. So is Cooper Cup. Cup fell to me at round seven or six, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I, I got him kind of late. So I, I like this Rams stack overall. I think I have one of the best rosters of this entire league. I mean, other than our three teams, uh, this is a very, very soft best ball league, in my opinion. But yeah, I, I just I just like the Rams this year. Uh, and I, if I had to pick one word to describe my team, it would be value. A lot of value fell to me when I had, you know, the turnarounds in, the, in this draft. Like Jameson Crowder, I drafted in the 15th round. I got Austin Hooper past round 10. So I would just, just put my team as value. That's good. That, I wish that was my team name, value. I actually looked at all of the teams um, right before we went on the show, and I actually – if I could trade teams with anybody right now, it would be Hayden <laughs> Winks. I I think he I think he might be um, somebody in the industry. The name rings a bell, um, but he stacked Ryan Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley, which I love. He got Robert Woods. He got a ton of guys that I'm really high on. Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. He he started with Saquon and Austin Eckler, so I thought that was huge. He has a really solid team. Um, I just hopped in there when you said that you you liked our three teams the best. I definitely think his is up there with yeah, ours his, as well. His, I'm looking at his team right now. His team is actually really good. Um, yeah, so I'll throw him. Shout out to Hayden Winks. He has a really good team in this league. Um, 
but yeah, I definitely like our teams a lot. Yeah, and one more thing that I think is important, you know, we've been talking about stacking all episode. Yahoo has a unique feature where they will pay out the highest scoring team of the week in addition to just paying out the top three finishes on the year. So, you know, I think that stacking is even more valuable in a format like that because you know, you know, if you're in a position to take that home, you know, take that weekly highest score, you know, there's a good chance that if your quarterback put up that high number, then so did one of his pass catchers. It just makes a lot of sense uh, in a league with a payout structure like that, in my opinion. For sure. But um, we can move on to the final team, my team, in terms of roster construction, uh, two QBs, seven wide receivers, six running backs, and three tight ends. Uh, Quarterback, I had Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins at wide receiver. Uh, Chris Godwin, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf completing my Seahawks stack. Stefan Diggs is the wide receiver for Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, and Alan Lazard. At running back, I've got Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, James Conner, Tariq Cohen, Tony Pollard, and Naheem Hines. And then my three tight ends are Evan Ingram, T.J. Hawkinson, and Ian Thomas. How do you guys feel about this team? Uh, yeah, I, I like your team, Ben. I, re- I really do. I think you have solid positions everywhere. Your quarterbacks are great. Wide receivers are great. You know, running backs are really good. Um, tight ends are, are good, especially if Evan Ingram can stay healthy this year. I, I love Ian Thomas as your tight end three. I think he is being severely underdrafted. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, sleeper tight ends this year. You know, he's not really a sleeper, but, you know, he's being drafted around, like, tight end 19 I believe so I definitely love Ian Thomas and then you got some great wide receivers and you know Diggs and Deontay Johnson in later rounds so I really do like your team oh thanks bud how do you feel Pat (laughs) yeah so a few of the guys that I'm targeting this year in best ball that I think you picked up that make this team pretty good is uh, James Conner I feel like you know he may not um, end up being a a running back that is uh in in the top five six seven eight when all is said and done but i think he's going to have a lot of splash weeks with the with the workload and the amount of touchdowns that i i project the steelers to score this year so i do like that um obviously stacked russ and dk metcalf who i think is going to have a a big year aj brown the splash weeks that's the one thing when i look at a best ball team um, how many players are are going to have those splash weeks? And and you did that. You you have a lot of upside, and then you you mitigated a lot of that upside with some pretty consistent players like Alvin Kamara, Chris Godwin, Nick Chubb. All those guys are going to add the the steady points while you have the you know the right mix of of high upside uh, boomer bust guys as well. And to echo what Joe said, man, if Evan Ingram stays healthy. He could be the T the T one this year if he plays all sixteen games, and if that's the case, look out for Ben Hover. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I I'm usually pretty critical of my own teams, but with this team specifically, like everybody's team is a little bit boosted considering it's a ten team league. But I just could not love my team anymore. I felt as if you know a number of players fell to me in spots that they should have been long gone. Chris Godwin in the third round. I mean, I haven't seen him in the third round. In any draft, I know that it's it's different in a 10-team, but Metcalf in the 6th, Stefan Diggs in the 7th, and when you talk about somebody who's going to be capable of splash weeks, I mean, Diggs has been that guy, uh, whether or not you believe that 
you know, Josh Allen is a significant quarterback downgrade from Kirk Cousins. I personally don't. Uh, so so yeah, I, I don't I'm either. very high on Diggs this year, especially if you're getting him that late. And then, you know, yeah, in terms of the tight ends, especially Evan Ingram, you mentioned, he's my uh, tight end six in terms of ranking. And I have a very strong desire to get three of my top 19 tight ends when I'm building a three tight end team. I think that there's a significant cutoff after that point where I just don't want them. You know, I don't want to be taking shots on Dawson Knox or Blake Jarwin in that incredibly muddied, you know, Cowboys offense that, you know, these guys are going to be vying for targets. You know, I, I want guys that I feel like are going to have secure roles and have some upside as well. TJ Hawkinson, you know, is the epitome of that. So, you know, maybe I could have gone and running back or, or another quarterback a little bit higher than Kirk with that Ian Thomas pick, but I'm willing to reach in every single draft to secure a, a strong tight end position. Yeah, you um, you guys keep keep mentioning stacking, and then I mentioned that I didn't. Um, one of the, the players that I was targeting when it got down towards the last few rounds was TJ Hawkinson, because I had Matt Stafford, and you sniped mm-hmm. me there. Um, it just seemed in this draft that every player I was targeting to complete a stack went a few picks right before me, which you know crushes the overall upside of my team, hopefully, uh, I could I hit on a lot of singular pieces here and, and can sneak into the money. But I definitely am disappointed that I didn't get to stack my guys. Uh, I think that that's pretty good in terms of breaking down these teams. We can get out of here in a moment. But before we do, you know, Pat, I didn't put this on the schedule, but I, I'm just curious, you know, off the top of your head, if you if you want to put one guy behind your name for all of our listeners, who are you taking in best ball? It could be a, a top round pick. It could be a late value. You know, who is your guy this year in best ball? Whew. All right. So um, if you would like to know who my guy is in every round in best ball, I'm going to get in a quick uh, plug here. The Ride in NFL DFS podcast, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. I went through each round and picked out my favorite guys. Uh, but if I had one player that I am probably targeting more than any other, I think I already hinted to it, and it's Juju Smith-Schuster. I think with Ben back, it looks like he will be healthy. You know, no Antonio Brown in the picture. He's going to. He's coming of age. He's still young. But, I mean, two years ago, he had 1,400 yards in this offense. Hopefully, if Ben comes back and is healthy, I mean, Juju could be uh, top two, top three, maybe even the top wide receiver on the board. I bet every prop imaginable um over on the yards over on the touchdowns uh and i'm just very high on the steelers resurrecting that offense um and he was even he was serviceable last year with duck hodges and mason rudolph so i think ben coming back you know deontay johnson taking a step forward the whole offense really um should explode again this year I couldn't agree more about that take with Juju. I love him. He's definitely in my top 10 wide receivers, and he's being drafted outside of that right now in drafts. Joey, are you a big Juju guy? Yeah, I love Juju Smith this year, and I love the Steelers' offense this year as well, especially if Ben can come back from the elbow injury last year and be you know, like the old Ben Roethlisberger. He can definitely support two great fantasy wide wide receivers. We've seen it before. So I love Deontay Johnson, and I love Juju Smith-Schuster. I think his third-round ADP is a goldmine. All right, guys, I think that is going to be it for us on Episode 72 of the DFS Dose Podcast. Thank you for listening. 
Uh, like Joey mentioned at the top of the show, you can support us by subscribing for free on iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And give Pat a follow as well. On Twitter, you can find him at PatJamesDFS. His podcast, the Ride in NFL DFS podcast, is available on multiple platforms as well. So give that a good listen. It is worth it. You can find me and Joey on Twitter. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey is at Joey Carey and DFS. And that's all we've got for you this week. We thank you for listening and we will talk to you again soon.